Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Well, Maddie, I'm so happy to have you. So welcome to On the Up and Up. So I am, we, I just want to start out by saying we are like well in this episode, <laughs> we are warmed up, we are primed, we are fluffed, we are ready to go because we already did an episode over on Maddie's podcast. So why don't you introduce yourself, introduce your podcast so everybody can immediately stop listening and go listen to yours first. Cause I feel like this is going to yes. be a whole flow. <laughs> Yes, of course. So hi, my name is Madison Giordano. My business is Madison Page and I am the host of the Small Business Growth Podcast. So head over to the Small Business Growth Podcast and listen to our part one over there about hiring all of the things. Um, And I, I am a business consultant. I help people stand out and sell out on social media by building an rockin' online social media presence. So everything that we focus on is really community and like really depth of getting people engaged, having ride or die followers, people that would like, we ride at dawn, go to war for you, um, and really build that brand image around it. And then using that on social media to kind of continue to sell your products. And our whole mission is to bring a freedom-based style around your business, because that doesn't mean that like, let's post these things and make, you know, $100,000 of passive income. That means that we can grind and we can have fun and we can have structure and we can have strategy, but we have enough automation and balance and strategy behind what we're doing for it to work for us when we're not working and not needing to be absolutely married to our business at all times. Um, so we kind of balance hard structure as well as like balance autonomy and different things like that. You know, one thing you mentioned in our previous episode was that you basically started working as an operations manager at 14 for your family's company. And as an operations driven, everything is operations first for us. So I've always been director of operations and HR, the CEO, and I do the HR, you know, because they go so closely together. But I feel like there's a special brain for us operations people. Can you talk a little bit about how translating that over through your career and your experience has been so beneficial for you? Totally. So my, yeah, my family operates an adventure resort in Northeastern Wisconsin. We own it. And I, when I was 14, I was taking sales calls in the office. And by 17, I like actually called myself the operations manager, but I mean, I was, I was running things at 15, 16, whatever. And I was doing a lot in the office at that point before I was even the operations manager, all of the things. And I am a strategy brain. Like I am a structure brain. I have always been routine. I, excuse me, like give me a process and I can do it. Um, But I also am like, I like to organize things. I can come into your to a thing and be like, oh, no, no, we got to do it this way. This makes way more sense. And where my family's business was at, like, they were still um, like doing scheduling on pieces of paper when we came in. And like when we partnered in, they were literally writing in a binder. This is what everybody was doing. And they like, they had no training process, people on the phones. I mean, we live in the, like our cabin or our resort is in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, where the service is terrible, like your phone service. So we would have people on the phones asking questions and our computer would be like, 
buffering or whatever, like loading. And buffering is such an old word at this point. It was like loading. And um, <laughs> and we'd be on the phones being like, oh, sorry, like one sec, like, sorry, my computer. And they're like, you don't know the pricing of this. And so I came in and I like, I mean, literally at 15, I was like, oh, there's so many gaps here. Like I made a reference guide. So on the phones, we had a piece of paper that we could like look at with all of the pricing on it, all the breakdowns, like all of the frequently asked questions. Um, I immediately put the, I mean, literally the application people needed to fax in. And so I like, they needed to email it. Like they had to copy it, print it out or do it by hand. And then somehow like scan it and send it to us. So I immediately put it on Google drive. Like I was automatically just making things a little bit more. It's like the, the Gen Z millennial in me is like, let me just put this all online for everybody to do. Um, and I was just kind of like seamlessly integrating those product, those like projects in there. Um, and it just kind of made everybody's life easier. Like it was the things like I was the person that was doing the things that like my mom and our partner couldn't really do, um, our partner in the business, um, that we have, there's like two different couples that kind of, we partnered in. And so basically just kind of came in naturally did that. And I was always the entrepreneurial kid. Like I had, you know, I was doing lemonade stands and making bracelets, selling them on eBay, like doing all of that. So I always knew I would own a business, but as I grew older, I fell in love with the business, our family's resort. And then I went to college to be for business management and marketing, just to be able to understand more of it. Um, and I continue to be the operations manager and it, we grew a team of like our business was we like we like five times the revenue in the business in eight years. And we grew a team from like 13 to like 75. And by the time I was 17, I was the full blown operations manager running all of it, training all 70 employees on like five different activities in two to three weeks. Right. When we would move them all in, we would be hiring. Like we would interview 150, 200 people for the roles and kind of just went right from there. It was wild. Yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, just the volume of, of people that you've had to hire and that you've interviewed in the past, like that is probably made you an expert in so many things. What are some of the things that you've learned as you've interviewed people or, you know, like who's a good fit? Who's not a good fit? What are little things that you look for that? Totally. I mean, that's hundreds of, you probably interviewed almost as many people as I have. So. Oh well, and I would interview people and they would be like, and I was like, you know, 16, 17 and they would be like 30 and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> how we doing? <laughs> um, and I think the biggest thing, my family's business is like, there's really few books you can read to like do like to be able to like when I was in college, I was like, but none of this fits. Like, it's like my, we are seasonal. It just doesn't work sometimes. And so, um, something that I just want to say is like, we hire for personality. Like we, the people we are hiring are guides are like, they are the people that you see when you go on vacation. They are people that when people come to you, like they gotta have fun. Like you gotta be able to have that personality. So it's a little different than like an average job are people like to hire people for the office. Like the people that were coming in were like, I don't want to be in the office. Like I can't be inside that long. Like not going to happen. I don't want a summer job where they're inside. It's a fun summer job for college kids. Um, and so we would have certain people, but really what it comes down to, because everybody would, would do like three to five different, different job positions. And so it was really having to, uh, assess how people answered questions to be able to see where their strengths and weaknesses are. So it's almost finding questions that are deeper than just like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Cause those are the questions that everybody has prepared and they know the answer to it's coming up with like, we would always ask the question of, all right, like it's your turn to make a staff meal the night. Like, what are you making? What's, what's your meal? Or like, you have to make the playlist. Like, who are we listening to? And like getting some of those fun conversations, getting that personality, but from a more practical sense, because I realize not every business is that, is 
hiring for personality, because these are people that you have to speak to every day. You have to trust and you have to do these things, but also understanding that it's good to have a variety of people in your, if we had everybody that was cheerleaders, if like the, like the captain of the football team, it would not work. Like if you need to have people that are the number one follower out there, you need to have natural born leaders and you need to have the strategy, strategic people that come in because sometimes they can come in and you don't even know that they're going to be so good at this. And you're like, Oh, your brain has this little element and realizing that when you are hiring at that big, you have to like that mass amounts, you have to be able to understand kind of the little innuendos in people and like identify who they are and put them into place really quickly. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, like you're interviewing a ton of people, you're hiring a ton of people, but one person that's not a good fit can literally poison everything. Like it could make yours. It could make oh, a break had that a summer. Happen. Like it could Years. make or break a job. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. We yeah. had that. I we had like- that happen where like one bad egg really changes morale one bad egg because we all live together we live together we eat together we breathe like we all live on the property so it would be like 40 people between the ages of 18 to 25 living on one property and so it's just like it's a blast and it is one of my they're my favorite times of that i've ever had but it's also one bad egg or like somebody kind of starts to get like clicky and nasty and you're like i don't know what's going on here but like you are ruining it for everybody else right now and so you have to be able to kind of pick those bad eggs out and be like hey like we gotta we gotta make some changes here what's going on yeah and having those conversations can be so impactful but also really tough because a lot of times the bad egg don't think they're the bad egg like they're kind of like yeah well i'm talking to everybody Mm -hmm. about this and everyone's agreeing with me you're the one that doesn't understand when really we have the other employees coming to us and saying hey this person's making me really 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 uncomfortable or i don't really like this negative attitude like it's really interesting when it comes to employees to like kind of figure out that chemistry i'm sure you have like some summers where you were like, this was a good summer of people. And some summers where you're like, I wish I was. Dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it can make a huge difference yeah, for that. I mean, chemistry. there's good, there's good and bad. Mm-hmm. And it depends on like, like, we have some summers where I'm like, wow, all these people, whatever, all these people are like this one characteristic. It's really interesting. You have some summers that you're like, wow, like, all these people are a little bit quieter and we need like that one or two cheerleader role to really come in and like bring the life to the party a little bit. Like you need like, you know, the president of the fraternity to come in and be like, who are like, let's like bring some energy here and really have that, that kind of vibe around everything. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. And it really like company culture and is something that makes or breaks how like the operations of how things are going on, especially in a role that, the capacity that we were working together, I mean, there were weeks that like multiple people had like 60, 70, 80 hours on their weeks. Like we were working from 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. for people's vacations. Granted, you're like whitewater rafting, zip lining, paintballing for a job. So like it's fun. You're outside, you're doing your things, but we're all pooped. Like we are all so tired. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have that morale where you're like, hey, dude, like, are you like want to slam this monster really quick? Like, let's do it. And like people, <laughs> you need to have that style of person in there as well. Like I said, very unique kind of vibe around the whole business and how it really works. I work with many other types of businesses around this topic now um, where mm-hmm. it's a little bit more um, standard where it's yeah. not just like a bunch of college kids, but you have to be able to like read the room and understand the type of energy you need to be able to bring to those people too. Yeah. And I know that you work, like you said, with a lot of 
business owners that maybe have smaller teams or they're not dealing with these mass hiring or mass management and all of that good Mm -hmm. stuff. So translating that over is like a totally, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm totally on the same page as you working for swim schools where it is the same thing every summer, massive numbers of people. And we're just like hoping to keep that 20% through the off season, you know? Um, So it's really fun, but it is, it's a lot of work. And we talked on your podcast a little bit about how weirdly both of us had worked ourselves to the bone to the point where we got diagnosed with PTSD, which I've never met another person that had that before. My listeners know about this. I talked about it a while ago. Yeah. But how have you kind of used that to, and sort of pivoting into your business now, how have you used that experience to kind of push forward your message of your freedom-based lifestyle and like how you're helping other people build businesses like that? Yeah. From the start, I didn't want my business to feel like the businesses that I've run in the past where it was like all day, every day, 16 hour days, like waking up at one o'clock in the morning and being like, oh my gosh, I never, I never scheduled that person. Or I never did this thing. And like hopping on my laptop at like 2am when I woke up and I couldn't sleep or like people, everybody has always said like they had nightmares about the place that they forgot to do something. And like, that was not, if I was going to build this business for longevity, I wanted it in myself to be able to have a, like a freepreneur lifestyle. Like I want, yes, I want to, I'm structured, I'm strategy. I'm like all there for like the hard sciencey stuff, but I'm also all there to like, just hop in a bus and start moving around the country and like really enjoy and being able to take a day where I still go whitewater rafting. I'm going to go whitewater rafting this afternoon. Um, and it's like, I can, I have the structure enough on my other days to realize that if I have something come up at two o'clock in the afternoon that I want to do that, I can, I can go and I can kind of chase that. And so it's having that autonomy. So I set up this business from the start that I didn't have to feel married to it, that I could have things working for me in the background. I could have, that's why I have a podcast because your podcast works all day long and it gets hundreds of downloads a day where you're naturally nurturing people into working with you. And it has long lifespan, all of that. And so I have different structures in my business and that I help all my clients to yes, have a really successful business, but have foundations in your business that allows you to check out at the end of the night, to allow you to check out and go on vacation with your family and things are still working for you. Yeah. And I love that you work with a lot of product-based businesses and that that's a big proponent of all of the people that you're interacting with on a Um, day-to-day. Can you speak directly to some of those brands about what it looks like to build that freedom-based lifestyle as an e-commerce brand or as a product-based business, as a maker? You know, because I feel like some people think those two things can't go together, but obviously like you're living proof that we can do it. So can you talk to our audience a a little bit about that? Absolutely. It is hard. It is absolutely hard to do. And the hardest part is getting over the initial hump to get to consistent sales. Once you get to consistent sales and how you get to consistent sales as a product-based business owner is building that community. When you have that community that's like obsessed with your brand, ride or die, they love your business um, for the meaning that you have behind it, for what you stand for, for your products. Like they're like, no, no, every product release, everything that you're putting out there, they're like there waiting with their credit card in hand, alarm set on their phone so they don't miss it. And that is what you want. You wanna build that community And so it's a little bit like it's front loaded. You have to get two consistent sales from having a community that loves you before you can really dive headfirst into that freepreneur lifestyle. 
because you need that community to have those guaranteed natural sales. And so it's not that you can't, it's not that you have to grind and work 20 hour days until you get that community. We, we give ourselves grace, but that should be your main focus. If you do want that freepreneur lifestyle to start. And then once you're there, it's hiring the right people to help you out. It's having longer lifespan of content. It's having automation in place that allows people to find your social from your content and naturally convert. They're going into intro offers. They are going to your website. They're finding your best sellers. And they're like, let me just give this a shot. And you have these processes that kind of just allow people to continue to convert, move naturally right into your community. And they're already hooked. And that's really where it comes from. When you say that, I'm just thinking of it as a consumer because there are so many brands that I will set an alarm for and be like, oh, I don't even know what's coming out, but I'm going to be the first one there to get it. And how do you like, how do you help people build? I mean, you're talking about this community thing and it's so important. It's literally what keeps us getting up every day, even just like for our own community of entrepreneurs, but also our community of, of consumers and buyers and stuff like that. And how do you like, what do you think is your number one tip for helping someone regardless of their business to create that community around them, especially through social media? Yeah, totally. Um, well, there's a lot of tips that I can give here especially for product-based business owners, and I'll speak to services as well, but product-based business owners, you need to have meaning deeper than your product. And I think the problem is, is people are like, I sell soap or I sell candles and like I sell graphic tees and they don't actually like take the second to think about how people can actually connect to that. It's really hard for somebody to connect to a graphic tea business that has no meaning behind what they're doing. But if it's a graphic tea business that talks all about postpartum depression and that they're there to support you through it and that they have whatever, all these fun phrases on it or a graphic tea company that has um, something that's all about, you know, getting outside. Like you then put a community around it. You then put a group of people that are already like, oh, this company is for me. I love what they stand for. I stand for this too. So it all starts in the foundations of your business. You need an ideal customer. You need something that sets you apart from everybody else with meaning. And then you need a brand identity that people can attach to. Um, and so then that allows you to cultivate engagement around, around your thing with an ideal customer or with a differentiator and meaning that people can attach to people find you. And they're like, they already know that they're home. They already know that you're speaking to them because you've set yourself apart. You've chosen who you're talking to and you're placing meaning on what you know that those people are looking for. And they come to you, they realize it. And then you just have to like prompt engagement. You just have to prompt engagement, make it a two way street. You don't build community by talking at people. You build community by getting their, their, like getting them involved, having them excited about things, having some collaboration in your business model. And then that allows people to really kind of jive together. And then they're hooked. Once they start communicating with you, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this brand. Like this brand has a voice. They have a person out there. They're communicating back and forth. They're allowed to really, like they really get connected really quickly. Yeah, that's so funny as you're saying that. It's just like, I don't know if you watch Bravo, but I'm like very much involved in this whole scandal drama. I'm sure that it's popped up on your For You page here and there, even if you don't yes. do you watch Vanderpump Rules at all. I don't, but I do know what it is. I'm like not a reality TV like that. I, for whatever reason, I've never gotten into it, but I do know it just from the memes and everything going around. 
Yeah, that's so funny because I was thinking this whole time you were talking, it's like, she's so cool. She like does all this stuff, like goes whitewater rafting. And I started our podcast telling you that I was afraid of lizards. So like, here we are talking about Vanderpump Rules. But um, basically, <laughs> like, no, there's this, this whole thing's, <laughs> this whole thing's going on where these two women were basically like wronged by these men and they're starting a sandwich shop in LA. It's called Something About Her. And like, I could not have clicked by faster on their merch. That shop does not exist yet. Just because it's like, I'm part of this community. I'm supporting these women. Like, screw those men. Like we, and I'm going to wear this out there and I'm going to meet other people that identify with this community and this Mm -hmm. value. And like, that is so fun. Like it gives you, we all have to wear a sweatshirt, right? So it might as well be something fun. Like it might as well be something we stand for. It might as well be something that is expanding our own personal community as a result of what others have built for us, which is why I think like those celebrity brands do well, but man, I love to hear about like businesses and brands that have a purpose behind what they're doing, like the social marketing and like the social consciousness and all of that good stuff. Um, Have you had any, I guess, experiences that you can speak to that are maybe success stories or just like really unique experiences of how people have built community or been really successful that you've worked with in the past? Totally. Yeah. There's so many businesses out there. And I mean, there's like, right off the bat, like I have this one client who she has a Facebook group and her Facebook group is the most engaged thing I've ever seen. And she will say like, Hey, we're doing a new collection release on Friday. And she came to me so burnt out. She was like, Maddie, I'm doing a new release every Friday. I have no idea what to do. Like I am making inconsistent sales, but I just keep releasing. And this is a, a a very common phase that business owners go through is they're like, I'm just going to keep launching something and hope that this next launch that I put out there is going to be what blows me up. And like all of a sudden, for whatever reason, this one launch takes off. And that's not how it works. Um, you have to build a community around one thing. You have to give them enough time to like latch on to something. And so she had this huge community, people that loved her as a person, but people that weren't buying. And so we kind of switched up how she was communicating with her audience a little bit. And we made her earrings more like she was just launching collections where, you know, whatever, uh, Disney, Taylor Swift, like all of these other things. And she's great. And she's so sweet. And we've worked together for a really long time, but we switched the meaning of her jewelry to be more so instant empowerment. So you pick what you want from the collections that she has that really mean something to you. I pick this one pair of earrings and I know when I put this on, I'm going to feel this one thing. I attach this feeling to it. And that is how I'm going to feel for the rest of the day. And it's going to be that instant empowerment, knowing that there's this community behind it. It, that I can share, talk about what, how I feel when I put these earrings in. And she has people all day long sharing her, like every morning people are putting their earrings in. Hey, this is what I'm feeling today with these earrings. And this is the, this is the intention that I have behind it. And so we put that in there and this girl, like she like tripled, quadrupled her sales from when we started because people attached to the idea and the community around choosing a pair of earrings for the day to like empower you and like what that meaning really means for you in that day. Oh, that is so cool. I want to join that Facebook group. Um, And with that, like, I know that you've worked with so many different types of brands and so many different types of businesses. But I think something Mm -hmm. that's really cool is that you are living this thing that we see about on social media all the time. So I wanted to kind of like tap back into a little bit more of your personal life. So you kind of told me that you are going to be on the road pretty soon. Um, So tell me a little bit about some of the things Mm -hmm. that you've done. Well, what's your plan? Because our people may not know. Um, And how have you built your business so that you could do that? What are those intentional decisions that you've made to get to where you are and what you're getting ready to do now? 
Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, I just bought a mini school bus and I'm building it out, hoping to leave. I was hoping to leave last Friday, but I am hoping to leave by May 1st at this point. It'll probably end up being a little bit after that. I need to like figure out how to be an electrical engineer really quick and like, you know, hook up solar. I don't know how to do that quite yet, Um, but we'll figure it out. I have like this plan. I'm going to sit there for hours being like, all right, what are amps, watts and volts? Like couldn't, couldn't tell you, but we're going to figure it out. Um, And so I'm building out this short bus and I'm going to travel the country in it kind of drive around uh, my boyfriend is going to work in washington for this summer whitewater raft guiding um and so i'll be in one spot for the summer probably mostly and then in the fall i'll be able to we're going to bounce around um and kind of pick different places and travel around i really want to go to southern utah i want to do colorado i want to do california i lived in california last summer but we're kind of gonna i want to like move around so we're gonna live out of my bus run my business. I have Starlink Wi-Fi. It should be able to work if I want to be skiing on the top of a mountain or if I'm in the middle of a city. So it kind of works anywhere. Um, but I built my business because I have a community of people that are like-minded around the freepreneur lifestyle. And like, I'm excited to be able to meet people in person. Like, I'm gonna be like, Hey, like, this is my route for the week. Are, is anyone nearby? Like, let's do a VIP day and like, let's go to a coffee shop, hang out all day long, plan something out for your business and do these different things. And that was something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to like have the coffee shop reach out and like me go into their coffee shop and be like, we need to switch some of these things around. It's going to like really work way better for you. I have business degrees and I took like full classes on setting up stores, setting up coffee shops, like actual brick and mortar inside. Like how do you set it up for success and how like to get people to come back again. And so it's always been an avenue that I've wanted to be. And when I started this business, I know I've said it, like I wanted that freepreneur lifestyle. And I always say everybody's definition of a freepreneur lifestyle is different to some people. They're like, Maddie, you're nuts. If you're afraid of lizards, probably like, it's like, that's it's some, some people are like, Maddie, I couldn't poop outside. Like never going to happen. <laughs> like I, there's no way that I can just like sit in. It's like my, my bus is a hundred square feet. So my toilet is within a hundred square feet of my bed. And so like, people are like, absolutely not. And that's okay. That doesn't have to be your definition. Your definition can be that you get to spend more time with your kids. Your definition can be that you don't have to work your nine to five anymore that you hate. You can have time, location, like schedule, task freedom that allows you to pick what you want to do. And so kind of choosing what your definition is. And it's a question that I ask every client that I work with, like, what is your definition of freedom? So we can put those foundations in the strategy of what we're doing together to allow that sense of freedom to kind of come to you. So it is a different, it's a different strategy based on what you're trying to do. It's hard for, if you are a maker and you need like this big studio, it's not, you're not really probably going to be able to live out of a bus unless you make your bus, your studio on wheels and you're able to do that. Like you can't bring a kiln into a bus unless you have like shore power. If you're a potter, like you can't do that. But there's certain businesses that I've made. I have clients that live out of a van and they run their product-based business. Um, and I have clients that have four kids and they're, they're being a stay-at-home mom as well as doing their business on the side. And that's how that works. So everybody kind of just gets to pick and choose what their definition of freedom is, but it's all in the foundations. How are you setting things up? What are you strategizing in the back end? What are you automating? What are you doing in that sense to allow it to be the case? Yeah, I love that because I think one of the things that I've heard you say that I, that I haven't always heard from other strategists or coaches or, you know, however, consultants, however people identify themselves is 
as you're talking about this, you're, you're asking people to identify what it means to them first. And I don't hear that a lot. I think that people make assumptions like, oh, well, you want to be like this entrepreneur that's living this freedom-based lifestyle or life first or whatever. And I think all of us really want that, but you're asking people to define that. And it probably is not the same for everyone, you know? So I think that's really cool. And what And it's so different. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, what do you think is like some of, you know, like you mentioned kind of the, the main things, like you get to spend time with your kids or you get to travel or you get to, you know, log in wherever you want. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I think, I don't know if this resonates with you. I'm, I'm going out on a limb here. We can always edit this out, but I feel like I'm yeah, constantly okay. just no. like seeking fulfillment. Like I just want to be fulfilled with what I'm doing because we come from such a place of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like you and I share that. And I just want to like, feel yeah. like I'm doing something that matters and that I enjoy and that I like, and I'm not going into the woods and crying and I'm not, you know, we don't have woods here, but we do have trees. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little things like that, like, have you had clients that have come to you or, you know, mentees that have come to you that have been like, I don't even know what I want. I'm just trying to escape from something bad. And how do you help like kind of bolster their confidence to, to get those real answers out of them to help them? Yeah, totally. And some people don't really know what their definition of freedom is. And I think everybody starts a business for a different reason. That's why I ask. I have clients that are like, Maddie, like, I don't really want this to be like, I don't want a team. I don't want to have 10 people hired. I don't want to be, I don't want this to be a full-time job. I just want consistent sales where I can provide for my family. And if I can even just put money away, like I have, I have a client right now that's like, honestly, everything I make in my business, I'm just putting away into an account for my son, son for college. Like, that's all that I really want. I want to be able to fund this business pay for his college. And if it becomes something more than that, that's what I want. I have some clients that are like, I want my stuff to be in target. Like I want my product to, to go all in. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to do this and it's going to be that way. So everybody has a different, a different reason and a purpose for starting a business for sure. And for me, I have always known that it was going to be such a, a main part of my business. I feel so fulfilled by being able to help people in their business. Like I love just business things. Like I will talk business all day long with people. And I, I am searching for more of, because of my family's business for so long, I was at such a young age. Like I like totally attributed so much of my identity to it. And like, I still do. It's something I still work with all day long is it's just like, I put so much pressure and last summer was my first summer not being at my family's business full time. It was my first summer not being the operations manager since I was 17 and I was gone. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I didn't have a summer. I didn't know I 4th of July came and I was like, how, how am I not sobbing my eyes out? Because it's the busiest weekend of our season. Like, it's like, how am I not doing this? And I didn't even really know how to act. Like, it was like, I can't believe I'm sitting on a beach in the middle of California. And it was almost like guilty. Like I was like, how could I be doing this right now? So it's almost like building kind of for me at least, and it's not for everybody, but it's like, I wanted to this freedom-based lifestyle to be able to have a life outside of business. Cause I've seen how much of a toll it can take on you to put so much of your self-worth and your self-identity into a business. And then when it's gone, you're like, wait, do I like it? Do I want to do this? Like, do I actually like, it's like, is this something that I am? Or is it something that I was told that I had to be even from a sense of running a business and the things that I had to enforce were not my actual 
like feelings on things. A lot of times it was like, it was just what the rules are at the business. Like, and it was my family's business, but like if my mom or my dad or our partner wanted something to be done away, no matter my views on it, I had to also agree and enforce it to my best friends. So even I was enforcing things that whatever I might not have agreed with. And so I also had to learn how to make my own decisions and like learn that like, oh no, like I need to be able to do these other things. And that's really another main principle of the freepreneur lifestyle is wanting to be able, like having a life so you can really understand that your business is not you. Like you, it's an extension of you. It's our like love child, little baby that we love so much. But if that business goes away tomorrow, do you still have a life? Like, do you still know who you are? Do you still have self-worth? Do you, can you still carry on and not feel like, and of course it's like a breakup if it goes away. Like it's gonna, it's gonna suck. It's gonna like, it's absolutely going to be like, wait, what do I do now? But if it goes away, do you still have a life? And do you still like love who you are as a person? And I think as business owners, we kind of, we push that to the side sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that resonates so much because I think that when we start to see people give themselves real permission to grow their business, whether it is building a team or whether it's choosing to build a business that doesn't need a team, those are two very different decision-making pathways and both are very valuable and valid. I joke all the time that I, when I started my business, the last thing I wanted to do is build a team. And then six months later, I have several people at my team meeting and I'm like, how did I get here? I already am managing 50 other people somewhere else. Like this is, you know, I don't know how this happened, but it's, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to do it. But I do think you have to build your business a specific way in order to kind of decide how much you want, what you want to scale to, how you need to have that support in place, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that good stuff. But all of that is to say that there's just like so many little decisions that you make along the way that can contribute to the overall growth. And I've seen this like massive mindset shift when people realize I've built a business. I think it can run without me, but I'm already thinking about my next thing. So especially when it comes to Mm -hmm. like product based businesses or makers. But even as I'm hearing you talk like you're like you were so bought into your family's business for so long. You majored in business. You went to school. You have all these degrees. And then you were like, I mean, what did that feel like to be like, wait a second, I can go and do what I want. Like, I'm sure that that felt totally different for you than for other people where that you may have taken that, we may take that for granted that you didn't get to for so long. Yeah. Like, how was that feeling when you decided to start your business and you're like, I get to decide this? Whoa, <laughs> like that is crazy. Yeah. I, and it's something that I still wrestle with, honestly, is like realizing, and it's just because it's still like, to me, it's still fresh, I guess. And like, because my family still owns the company, like it's still in the background. And, but that decision fatigue is something that I, feel all day every day where at the end of the day my i like my boyfriend will be like what do you want to watch i'm like i made decisions all day that could literally change the game for my entire business like <laughs> pick the damn movie that we're watching it's like i don't want to pick it it's like i don't even want to pick what i eat anymore sometimes i said that to my mom the other day i was like i don't even feel like picking what i want for lunch so i just eat the same couple of meals because that decision fatigue is there and so and it's something that i've realized that it's because when I was making decisions, it had to always pass through somebody else. It had to always be like, Hey, what do you want? How do you want me to handle this? Because I didn't want to handle it the way that they wanted to handle it a lot of times. And so it was more so like they made the decision and I was the executor. And so when it was my own thing, I found myself being like, well, how do I do it? And sometimes I get paralyzed in the like idea 
like could be this way, could be that way. Um, and I have a lot of clients that feel that way as well as they're like, well, Maddie, like you're kind of telling me that like, I could do master, I could do a mastermind. I could do a master class. I could do a membership or for my product-based businesses. They're like, well, like what, how am I, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, it's not what you're supposed to do. It's like, you have to pick a certain one and like trust your decision-making and keep going with that. And I think that decision fatigue is one of the biggest things that I, I have to work on all the time. And that is something that hiring a team has helped where I'm like, can someone just like put down a bunch of podcast ideas? It's like, sometimes it's like, I don't want to have to pick what I'm talking about on the podcast tonight. Cause I feel like everybody knows everything. It's like, oh, how long can I do that? And then I make it like, I make a list and I'm like, oh, like I haven't really talked about any of these things. Um, and so I would say that is one of the biggest ones is like really identifying, um, yeah, like it, it was when I came into my own business, it was like identifying being like, oh my gosh, I have to make all these decisions myself. And like, I make these decisions all day long. And I say it to my boyfriend often where I'm like, I, I was like, do you, can you just, can you just decide? Like, I don't really care where we go. I don't care what we're doing. I just want to do anything that like, I don't really have to think about because your brain, like my brain is tired from making decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That I relate to that so much. Like my husband is like, he'll be like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'd have no idea. Yeah. Like, just I, pick something. Like, for God's sake, just pick something. <laughs> yeah. Like, we actually got in a fight right. because he was like, um, oh, my God, what did he say? It, it was like, we go to bed around 11.15 every night. It's like a kind of a routine. But it takes us like a half an hour to, like, get ready for bed and blah, 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 blah. And it's, mm -hmm. this sounds like super boring, but it was like 10.10, which is like our awkward moment of like do we watch a tv show or do we go to bed and yeah, i literally like, like lost my mind yeah and i yeah. literally lost it because i was like do you want to go to bed or do you want to watch another like do you want to watch succession or whatever and he's like oh i don't know what do you want to do and i'm like well i don't know like i can't even decide if i want to go to bed i just want you to tell me what you want to do like sometimes i just need you to just make the decision like i'm going to die if i have to decide whether or not i'm going to watch succession and it feels like so huge in the moment and of course now i'm like joking about it or the next day we'll joke about it or whatever but it's literally gotten to the point where i've been like fine i'm going to bed and he's like okay yeah. Like, calm down and i'm like we're in a fight what and just happened? like stomp yeah. up the stairs <laughs> and he's like all right, well, I'm going to play my video game. And then, like, it's he can't win. There's no, like, he just, he doesn't know if he's allowed to pick. Should he pick? Should he not? Whatever. Like, we, I think making, yeah. um, making a meal plan for each week, we don't do meal prep, but, like, knowing what days we're going to eat in, what meals we're going to eat, knowing what I have for breakfast every morning. I call it, like, your Steve Jobs thing. Like, that one less decision that you yes. have to make every day has made such a difference when you're busy, especially if you're launching or whatever the case may be. Like, what's your... I, this is a, kind of a tough question, so I'll answer it first to give you an, a second to think. But, like, what's your Steve Jobs thing that, like, your decision that you don't have to make that you just do every single day? For me, it's always I have a co iced coffee in the morning. I put vitamin D in it. I take my medicine. I have my vitamins at night before I go to bed. I do my my skincare routine. Like that's my Steve Jobs thing. Every morning, no matter what, I do that every single day. Put on sunscreen. That's it. It doesn't matter if I'm going to my office or to the beach or in the backyard or on to brunch or whatever. It's the same thing every single morning. Like, what's your like Steve Jobs thing that you have that you do every single day and you don't think about yeah. it? Yeah, my morning routine is mine too. And I used to be the person like in college, after college, 
um, like woke up 4.30 in the morning, alarm went off, like was at the gym by 5 a.m., worked out for an hour, came back, like meditated, did all the things. And like, I had like a full day in before 9 a.m. before I sat down to work. <laughs> and like, if I was 9.01 when I was starting my business, even when I was 9.01 and I wasn't sitting at my desk, like I was pissed. I was like, why did I not like, what? where did I go wrong this morning that like my routine <laughs> wasn't strict structured enough that I missed my 9 a.m. like I work today. Um, and, but it's my morning routine now and my, and I've gotten a lot less structured and that's because I've been trying to heal from my like PTSD need to be working and productive all the time. Um, and so now, I mean, I wake up, I do the same thing and mine would be that as well as I tell myself that I work from 10 to six and that allows me to be structured enough in the days that I want to be structured. And then if a day comes where I'm like, oh man, do I, like, I can't do this. I, I stop because I think that's something that a lot of business owners have as well as they're like, well, how do you know when you're working? How do you manage your time? And it's like, well, I work 10 to six. I work 10 to six. And so that gives me a slow morning. It gives me some leeway in between that if somebody calls me and wants to go to lunch at noon, like I can, I can take off and we'll go to lunch. So I work 10 to six. I have my morning routine where I drink coffee. I like meditate. I'll answer like client questions maybe, or I'll just like scroll on something kind of like mindless time where I'm just kind of like sitting here, hanging out, drinking a cup of coffee. Um, and my meals, I eat literally, it's unhealthy for you, but I eat the same like six meals. I like, I take out that out of my mind and like I eat breakfast food for like every meal or like, it's so funny. It's like, I eat eggs. I eat like eggs, oatmeal, like smoothies. Like it's like my food. Like I, I know my like staple six to eight meals at the time. And I just kind of cycle through them. So I go up, I have like my, I don't even have to think about what I'm making. Just like, here we go. Let's make the thing and kind of do that. And then last but not least, I guess it's not a one thing to answer your question, but last but not least is Sunday nights. I love this. I really like to plan. I love to plan out my like week. I like to plan out like the three big things that I want to finish that week. And I plan out my like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit more structured. It's like, okay, what does my week actually look like? Like I have this schedule in my head of what my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will look like. Um, and then on Wednesday nights, I do it for Thursday, Friday, so I can adjust. Because even if you plan out five days, you don't get something done on Tuesday. All of a sudden, you're like a day behind. And you're like, shoot, look at my plan. is went to like went to the wayside pretty quickly. So I like to do three-day increments. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Sunday night, I kind of plan out like the main things that I want to do, my main focus for the week, just to have a little bit of structure and strategy. Oh, I love that. I feel like I've heard a lot of people talking about the morning routine, the morning routine, the morning routine. And I have just like never resonated with that. Like, I feel like I want to be free in the mornings. So being able to like kind of have a little bit more of a loose framework based on like how we're feeling or what my creativity is or whatever in the mornings is super important for me too. And I'm like, I feel like I'm always in the, it's not that I'm not a morning person because I'm definitely more productive in the morning, but I just don't, I don't know that a morning routine has always been it's not something that's ever served me. It always felt like it was harder to keep it up than it than the benefits I was getting from it. Um, it felt like a but... second job to me. All of a sudden, I was like, I have to do this. And it wasn't fun anymore. Like, I, I was so routine in it that it was like, well, I had to do it. And then anytime I was with somebody else or, like, my boyfriend was around and it, like, got thrown off, I was like, oh, I didn't get my morning routine done. And he was like, why? Like, what? why does that – like, what does that change? And I'm like – nothing really. I'm like, I actually don't even really want to be doing what I'm doing. It's like, I'm forcing myself to do it because, and really, honestly, something that's really helped me grow, which can be 
very counterintuitive to the average person. Um, but I took like a step back from a lot of the personal growth things as I was so hardcore with personal growth for so many years where I was like, I had to do the gratitude. I had to do the journaling. I had to be so self-aware of how I was feeling every morning and what the intention was for the day that I got like so hyper-focused on just like being self-aware. And this was something that helped me kind of heal through my structure problem. Like, and I was listening to self, like I was listening to personal growth podcasts and books and all of that. And it's like, sometimes you just have to enjoy where you're at. And I, the last like probably four to six months, I've kind of taken a step back from that. And just like, how can I enjoy my life a little bit more? Like, how can I play? How can I enjoy? Like, how can I put more flexibility into it? And that has really helped me. It's like, how can I walk my own walk here? Talk my own talk, whatever. Walk my talk. I don't know what that phrase is. Yeah. But yeah. how can I do what I'm preaching and everybody else is like, just have a little bit more flexibility and like, just enjoy what I'm doing where it doesn't have to be so dang structured all the time. Yeah, I love that you said that because I always feel like coming from the background of like you put in the time, you put in the effort, like you, we just assume we're going to work eight hours yes. a day. And I think that that does serve us really well. Like I know that even as, you know, freedom driven entrepreneurs, we want to have that flexibility. We want to be able to seek out creativity, you know, stuff like that. But I really feel like those that, have a structure within their day. It doesn't have to be eight hours. It doesn't have to be eight straight hours. Like it doesn't, you know, it can kind of flex and bend, but creating that predictability and structure throughout your day will be the key to making you successful as an entrepreneur. Like, even if you're like, I work oh, 10 yeah. to one and then uh, my brain shuts off for a while. And then I pop back in from four to six or whatever the case may be, whatever you can work out that works for you and your schedule. Like, that is the point of being a freedom-based entrepreneur, not not working. I think we need to like make sure that we're differentiating between those things. Like I have had clients yeah. where I'm like, well, you do like you can have you you want to have a team, you want to offload some tasks, you want to pursue another venture, you want to you know work on selling the business, you want to start another business. That's okay, but bringing on a team, hiring people doesn't mean that suddenly you don't work there anymore. It means you work there as the leader. Yeah. So maybe they're doing ten hours of tasks, but you're doing one hour of giving a crap about your team. So like, you know, it's kind of like that, that tit for tat, you can't just give it all up. But I love how you're like, talking yeah. about having that structure, but then having movement within it. And I think that and I could see you laughing. So I'm wondering if you have comments on that. Because I think we've all seen those entrepreneurs that are like, do whatever you want all day, every day. And it's like, no, dude, that's still a job. Like, we got to take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, and I have people that come in because I speak so much on freepreneur lifestyle where they're like, I just want, I have people on both ends of the spectrum <clears throat> that are like, well, I need to grind all day long. And then I have people that come in and they're like, well, I just want my business to work for me and like me to not really like only have to put like an hour or two in and like, I want to make 250 grand a year. And I'm like, well... First things first, like passive income isn't passive income. That's why I always preface that. Anytime I'm like, I'm a free, like I, I focus on a freepreneur lifestyle, but that doesn't mean you don't have to work. That doesn't mean that you don't, like I am, I am all about like, you gotta work damn hard. Like owning a business is hard. It, it, there's nothing that's, but you need to be able to have foundations where it doesn't always have to be you. It doesn't always have to be you showing up. You can take a day off. You can do these things that allow you to have that autonomy. It's balance. It's not like we can't have like the two extremists here. Of course, there's always going to be the people on TikTok that are like, post this like digital download on Etsy and you'll make 40K a month and you'll never have to do anything. And like that might be working for them. Great. I'm super happy for them. I wish that could be for everybody. But 
that isn't realistic to what an actual business is. And honestly, I don't think people would even be fulfilled in a business like that. Um, at least the average entrepreneur, they're here for fulfillment. They're here for purpose. And so you do have to work, but that's why I am, I am structure first. And then my, then I give myself flexibility. So on the days that I can have be structured where I don't have anything else going on in my day, I work really hard. I work very structured. I have my things that allow me that when I go on vacation or when I'm traveling or when I'm going to be in my bus, I'll be able to drive all day long because I know the next day I'll be working from 10 to six. And like, I know that when I get there, I will be structured again. So it's being able to just have flexibility and it doesn't always have to be so dang structured, like be structured when you can be, but allow yourself the flexibility when you want that in there as well to be able to have that balance. Yeah. And how are you like, I know that you must have people that you outsource to or that you have outsourced in the past, or if you have people on your team, can you talk a little bit about that and like what your path has been going from managing up to 80 people and crying in the woods to, you know, building this choice, like you, you choose how it feels. You choose that culture. You teach other people what type of, what, you know, what kind of leadership have you embodied during that process and what has been your hiring journey or your outsourcing journey so we can all learn from it? Yeah, totally. And to be totally honest with you, I am one of those people that told you like first couple years of my business, I didn't want a team because I have seen how much stress a team comes with. And I have seen how much stress, not even stress. It's like, then my business is like, I almost feel like I have to plan ahead more. I need to be more structured. I need to be more strategized because all of a sudden I need to give these people two weeks to be able to do these things. And I don't want it to be where I'm like, Hey, this needs to be done by tomorrow. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't get this video out there. Um, and so I am somebody that has really, really waited. Like I have made probably like, like I have waited way too long in my business to outsource. And so I have, I have one girl that works for me right now. And I'm in the process of hiring two to three other people right now as well. Um, to, because I'm at the point now where I'm like, no, no, I'm settled. I'm like, I understand that like, this is my stage that I'm at that I'm able. So I have one girl that works for me and she does like admin tasks as well as like kind of community management where she engages and she does some of the things that she'll like prompt engagement on different Facebook groups or things like that. Um, and she'll prompt engagement in my Facebook group around my podcast. And then, um, I'm hiring somebody to help with my emails and she actually worked for my family's business and she ended up being a like a freelancer for a bunch of other people that do what I do. And I ran into her in the middle of Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago. Um, and she was, I was like, wait, what are you doing now? And she's like, oh, I'm working for like online course creators. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, what are you doing? And she like works in all of my systems. Like she's in Kartra, she's in ClickUp. And I was like, all right, we're, we're going to do this. This sounds great. And so she's going to come in. She's like doing emails. And really what I'm looking at it now is my first step was what are the things that I don't want to do that like just, I don't want to do. And then my next step was what are the things that I don't have to do? It's like, what are the things that I don't have to be facing? Even if it's something that I enjoy, what are the things that I don't have to do and still maintain my voice and everything with it? And so the first things I'm outsourcing are the things that I don't feel like are things that I have to be doing. And I'm keeping the things that I love. I will, I always want to be in my DMS. Like I don't want people. I had a girl like when I first started my business that would be in my DMS and I hated it because all of a sudden she would say something and people would come to me and they would be like, Oh, you were, we were talking in the DMS. And like, I didn't recognize them. I lost touch with like the community element there. So I know that I want to be in my DMS. I know I want to be creating content and I know that I want to be coaching. I don't want to be like a consultant that has all these like 
sub consultants that are actually the consultant and you're just like, you know, overseeing, like that's not what I wanted. So those are the three things that I want. And now I'm outsourcing all of the things that don't fit in there, which is like the admin, the failed payments, the, um, the emails that go out, like the reminder emails, my newsletter, like things like that, that don't have to be me and that I can outsource. That is what I'm outsourcing. So I've waited longer than I should, but honestly, I'm happy that I did because it gave me the flexibility to be able to record a podcast the night before if I needed to. Like, it's like, I didn't feel like I needed to have things so structured and so automated right away that, and it wasn't something that I wanted because of my past of like feeling like I, and I don't want to be the, the business owner that like, is like I, for the girl that I have now, like, I'm like, honestly, if you don't get something done because I didn't do it on time, don't do it. Like, it's like, I, it's my business isn't going to fail if you don't post that post about my podcast. Like my podcast is still going out. People are still going to listen to it. If it's Friday morning and you're like putting out the post of like my week, my recap on my podcast for the week. And I posted my Friday on Thursday night and I sent you a message. Like, don't do it. I don't care. Like, it's like, it, it's okay. Just like if you go to the gym, one day you miss of going to the gym is not going to make that big of a, not going to make a big difference. Or the one day that you binge on ice cream all day long is not going to make that big of a difference. It's the same thing with your business. You miss one post, you miss one podcast, you miss one thing. It's not going to make that big of a difference in the long run. That is so such good advice. I think, especially for those that are listening that are working on building their team. And we believe in like really lean, tight teams that feel fun to run and give you like kind of a lever to pull and push. And I think especially if you're in a place where you're kind of, I know for me, for example, like having to be on a schedule is really hard because I have so many other things that I want to pursue. And I was a totally different business owner a year ago. So having a small team that understands the way we communicate and is I understand how they communicate has been something that's built up over time. But there's, I feel like there's this narrative that you have to go like zero to 100. Like you're either like you're a solopreneur or you have a team. And it's like, no, it's a little bit of both. And sometimes you're going to have a team that's functioning in a certain way for a little while. Sometimes you're going to pursue, now you have a YouTube channel, so your team's going to function in a different way. Or sometimes you're going to not really care about your newsletter. And I think the big thing is when you are a lean team, you do have to make choices. Not You don't have to do everything. So I think you're really great at deciding which of those high-value tasks are important and we're stressing about and which aren't. And we just hear so much about like how you have to do it and why you have to do it and everything is consistent or you might as well die and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, we want to do our best. We want to have some structure. We want to be pretty consistent. We want, maybe we need a team to help us do that, you know, that kind of a thing. But it's also a little bit like that kind of takes the fun out of all of it. Yeah, sometimes. And there's people that I know that run, run a much smaller business than I have with a lot fewer clients that have five to 10 employees and that's totally okay. And some people are starting their business with wanting, they're like, I want the team. I want them to be able to do it. And for me, it was something that I have said for a long time that it was just like, I don't want the stress of feeling like I actually am then tied down to having to have things done for these people, even though it was my business. Um, And so kind of having that balance there as well. But now I'm like at the point that I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to hire, I'm doing the things and I'm going to start expanding because I realize a lot of the things, like I can't do everything anymore. And that's kind of what I want to do. Maddie, I had so much fun talking to you today. We spent the whole morning together and now you're going whitewater rafting. Um, And I, there's so many valuable things that people are going to take from this episode. And I'm just like so excited to introduce you to the audience. I love that you do business differently, that you stand behind 
behind it and that you have so much experience to back it up. So where can people find you? And I call it the desperation minute, like sell all your stuff because I want people to know where to find you, where to go. I can't wait to refer all my product based clients to you. So tell us everything. Yes. Yes, of course. So my podcast is the small business growth podcast. If you love listening to the podcast style, I have a huge community over there. People love it. So we hang out all day long, super conversational, come over there and hang out small business growth podcast. Um, and then if you want to hang out with me on Instagram, it's, this is Madison page. Um, I'm over on Instagram mostly, but I'm playing around on some other platforms as well. I've been starting to play around on lemonade, which is really fun and TikTok and all of the things, but my main platforms are Instagram and my podcast. Podcast, which is the small business growth podcast. I help product-based service-based, whatever entrepreneurs really live this freedom-based lifestyle, um, and get you two consistent sales. If you're already two consistent sales, I help you scale with sanity and sustainability in mind is really what we like to say. Oh, I love that. And you're like the real deal. Like you're doing the real thing. Like you're literally going to live in a bus and have a free on freedom-based entrepreneur lifestyle. So we can all learn from that. Take some lessons from so- it. Let's have some fun focus on fulfillment and seek out awesome people like Maddie to help us do that. Cause everything is about community. I have a feeling yeah. that when we're writing out these show notes, it's all going to be about community because it really does come back to that. So thanks so much for being here. And if you haven't already go listen to part one, um, on Maddie's podcast and we'll link everything in the show notes. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say, thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up. Up.